Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So you may say to yourself, why am I watching the Dan Bongino show? And why is he in a Bravo company tank top shirt today? Looking like a 1950s gangster or whatever with the scars and tats. One, because it's my show and I feel like it. By the way, Paula wanted me to know and wanted you all to know she strongly objects to this look today. Gee strongly objects to. I have not asked Joseph yet. Joe, do you object to this look? Eh, no, not really. I mean, it's your show, dude. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. Armacosta's with me. Thank you. And Gee says he lightly objects. But I am the majority stockholder in the Dan Bongino show, so my vote counts for three times everyone else's, so I don't care. But you may be asking yourself why. And the answer is, again, it's my show, and I do what I want, but um, I want to celebrate manhood today. Men, being men, being tough and being rugged. Why? Because I wanted to do a show on manhood? No, no. Because I feel like the conversation about police reform and policing and blaming the police for everything, there's a larger conversation that's got entirely lost. What about fathers and men and the war on boys? What about guys with scars and calluses and busted up fingers? What about the plumbers and the electricians and the carpenters, sanitation workers, the cops come home every day? leave their clothes at the front door like my brother is an electrician does. You don't want to bring that stuff into the house. What about their kids that see that, that see the example they set by busting their humps every day, sometimes for very little money? Why are we celebrating those men? Why are we breaking them down? I want to talk about that. I also want to do um, today in ridiculous media commentary on policing. Juan Williams on the five yesterday, uh, when you thought the commentary on policing couldn't get any dumber, it has. Um, I'll cover that today. It's going to be a loaded show. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Stand up to big tech. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Um, of course, it is Friday. So uh, on a lighter note, of course, Joe, please, on the regular Friday introduction, I'd appreciate it. It's Friday. <laughs> I always yeah. feel good on Friday. Get the weekends yeah. off. Thank you, Joe. Again, in your worst 1960s game show voice, bringing <laughs> us back to the halcyon days of radio. Hey, have you ever stopped to wonder why internet access is so much cheaper these days, like 30 to 40 bucks a month? It's because internet service providers, as in the companies that provide you with internet, aren't just making money off subscription fees. They're also making money from spying on your internet activity and selling that history and data to big tech companies. Did you know that? So what's the best way to make sure 100% of your data is encrypted and that your ISP can't get their mitts on it? You guessed it, ExpressVPN. You know them. You hear them at the beginning of, my every show, of every show. What do they do? They create a secure tunnel between all of your devices and the internet so everything you do online is encrypted. It reroutes your connection through a secure server. It blocks your ISP from seeing what you do online. All they can see is you're connected to an ExpressVPN server, but nothing beyond that. It's not just for your phone or your computer. ExpressVPN works on all your devices, works on your tablets, smart TVs, even your router, so your entire family can stay protected. I can't stress this enough. ExpressVPN is simple to use. Just open the app, tap a button to connect. That's it. Your data, it's your business. Protect it at expressvpn.com slash Bongino and get three extra months of ExpressVPN protection for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino. To learn more, expressvpn.com slash Bongino. All right, Joe, let's go. All right. Sorry for the always emotional roller coaster of my show, even in the first uh, th three, four minutes. But um, one other reason is I had a bit of a scare yesterday. So I was outside getting some sun. I always, I try to get like 10 minutes of sun a day. I don't want to get too much because of the cancer thing with me, uh, but I get enough to build up my vitamin D and I turn sideways and you see this massive lump here? Look at that. I can't because my arthritis on my elbow. I can't reach. But you see this thing? Look at that. Is that not huge? So yesterday I freaked out a little bit, had a little bit of like an hour meltdown, like, uh, you know, uh, the cancer thing and all. But here's the good news. I'm 99.99999% sure 
that this is in fact a fatty tumor this time. Knock on wood, I'm going back for a scan on May 3rd, but I'm almost positive. But there you go. I just want, you know, living with this stuff. You freak out sometimes, understandably. All right, so let me get to this, folks. You know, this conversation, given the police shootings that are obviously newsworthy, anytime the police who have a monopoly on force, and we should scrutinize the government use of force, that's what policing is, we should scrutinize all of it as free citizens in a constitutional republic. But lately, every time we have a police use of force incident, a shooting or whatever it may be, even the use of a taser or the mistaken use of a firearm in lieu of a taser, we have the race hustlers and the race baiting business because it is a business for them where they jump in and they want to talk about attacking the police rather than actually getting the facts on the case. I'll get to Juan Williams' comment in a minute. We covered Geraldo's the other day and others, the absurdities. And then the, uh, was it Joy Behar? Why don't you shoot him in the leg? We addressed that yesterday. But you ever notice how the conversation's always on the cops, but it's never, ever about broken families, about men, the role of men. Now, I know that's not politically correct in our modern society to talk about men, to extol the virtues of manhood. I know that's not PC, but I don't give two hits with an S in front of it about what's politically correct. I don't care. You don't like a conversation about manhood? You want to fall into the liberal left attacking boys and men all the time? Find a new show. You're not going to hurt my feelings one bit. Bye now. Now that you've had time to tune out, I went up to Capitol Hill about a year ago. I'm not sure when, maybe a little more. And I testified in a congressional hearing about police reform. I wanted to play just a quick bit of it in the beginning. Again, I don't like playing segments of myself, but it's important. Because again, the focus has been exclusively on the cops and policing. And we're not talking about anything like why a woman in the middle of the street, a young lady was trying to knife to death another woman, according to that video. None of that's getting talked about. They just want to talk about the cops. The good guys. Here was part of my opening statement on why cops, the overwhelming percentage of the cops I knew, and federal law enforcement agents, same thing, they wore a badge, are the good guys. Check this out. These are good men and women. Yes, as with any profession, there are officers, no question, who aren't suited for the job. Some will cause trouble, sometimes worse. We've seen that. But in my experience, this is rare and becoming rare. The special agents I work with and remain friends with to this day in the Secret Service joined members of the NYPD and New York City Fire Department on that tragic day of September 11, 2001. You know what they did? They sprinted into those burning buildings and personally escorted people out. As we all know, those buildings collapsed, taking many of those brave NYPD and FDNY souls with them. Those brave souls were running into the buildings. Everyone else was evacuating. These are the types of people I was honored and deeply privileged to work with. Public safety came first. Everything, everything else came second. Sometimes even their own families. The defund the police movement will target these heroes. They are the police, these people. It's not some amorphous mass that will be affected. It's real heroes in real time, right now. Moving these heroes from your communities and my community will do nothing but ensure chaos and destruction. Police officers are the front lines, putting themselves between the evildoers among us and the honest, hardworking Americans, just yearning for some security and prosperity in a small slice of Americana. Yeah, that's right. That's been my experience with the police officers and federal agents I worked with. Not the reporters. I find them to be generally sleazebags. Not academics, not everyone else, the cops I work with. That was my experience with them. But that's not what they wanted to talk about up on Capitol Hill that day. What they wanted to talk about was race, how cops are racist, how the system is racist, despite the system they're criticizing being run by Democrats. I agree. Systemic racism is real. Um, Dan, my gosh, how can you say that? Um, liberal cities are systemically racist. They're run by liberals who are racist against their own constituents who are minorities. Is that, is that not a fact? They don't support school choice. 
They keep minority families in struggling public schools. They've decimated the economies of liberal cities across America. Baltimore, do you know this? The city of Baltimore in the 1950s was one of the wealthiest cities in America with a median average income in double digits above the national average. You know, it's double digits below the national average now. So they've decimated minority cities, economies, education chances, healthcare systems. Tell me how the, there is a systemic racism problem with liberals. They're systemically racist. But that's not what they wanted to talk about on Capitol Hill. They wanted to keep it focused on the police to say, hey, look here. Don't pay any attention to the fact that we've been running these liberal cities into the ground, destroying their lives. And that's where we perceive to have the police problems in the cities you run liberals. They wanted to make it about racism and racist cops. I've yet to run into one I worked with. That's true. Not saying they don't exist. I haven't run into one. So I brought this up in my the hearing in my comments. Uh, uh, basically, I was asked a question, and I brought up the whole broken families problem. How it's really tough to talk about policing and crime in liberal-run cities where it's an epidemic and not bring up the crisis of manhood and broken families. And oh, oh man, did this set off a firestorm. One of the panelists was infuriated that I dared bring that up. I'm just going to play my portion. I'm not going to even give that other guy the time of day. But this is what I said, and I brought up a fact that whether it's a largely white or a largely black community, when you pull the father out of that community, you see the exact same problems. Check this out. You know, I read an interesting op-ed uh, about four or five years ago. And in the opinion piece, they compared two and compared and contrasted two different areas of the country. One that voted largely for Mitt Romney in the election versus Barack Obama. One that voted largely for Barack Obama. It was an inner city in one case and an Appalachian region in the other case. Uh, both considered um, failed by many measures. High crime, poor economy, poor health care outcomes. And what's interesting is it wasn't the voting patterns um, it was the deeper patterns you're talking about there. Broken families, drug use, lax law enforcement. If we ignore that, and believe me, I am not in any way suggesting accountability for police and reforms are not necessarily. I wouldn't be here if I didn't believe that. But if we're going to ignore the societal problems and broken families and all of the, the, the degradation of the culture and all of that and just scapegoat the police, you will get nothing out of this hearing. You won't see one act of real change. You may get some sound bites. You may get some votes, but you're not going to see a darn thing. What I hear you saying is that's right. And I stand by that. But liberal politicians in liberal cities being run into the ground and burned to the ground, they find the police to be a convenient scapegoat to ignore the fact that they're the ones that have been running these cities that have been burned to the ground. And if they don't scapegoat the police, the real heroes running into the burden buildings, why everyone else is running out, everyone might turn around and start to look at them and say, wait, 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 wait. We have a crap economy. We have the worst schools anywhere. Our hospitals are terrible. Our cities are dirty. Crime is through the roof. And you're in charge. No, no, the police did it. The, po the police did it. The police did it. God forbid we focus on what's really wrong, a welfare state that incentivizes fathers to leave the home in many cases, a liberal cultural war on boys and men and manhood. It's time to take manhood back, back. We need to be proud. We need to lead. We need to show our kids and lead by example. I want to show you a picture. This is a real badass right here. You see that guy? This Hulk of a man in the middle? Six foot three, 400 pounds. If you're listening on audio with those two lovely ladies, that's my grandfather. He was a badass. It's my grandmother to his left and her sister to the right. Well, since past. This is when men were men. My grandfather was a unit, man. He was a badass. They tried to rob him one night. He owned the bar. He used to keep his money in a rubber band. And as Guy can attest to, by the way, I just called my mother before the show. I had her on speaker to make sure I was getting the details right. 
Hyperbole helps no one. It's a true story. Because he owned a bar and back then they didn't have credit cards. Everything was a cash business. That's why bars got robbed a lot. The bar was at 64th place on Myrtle Avenue in Queens. It was called Gibby. That was his nickname, Gibby. He was a hulk of a man. When men were men. Guy came in with a gun. Knew Gibby had his money in a rubber band in a pocket. Told him, you're going to give me that money. And Gibby promptly told him to go F himself, if you know what that means. So the guy shot him in the head. Grazed him, didn't kill him. Spent some time in the hospital. Not suggesting you do that. I'm just telling you that Gibby was a badass. Gibby was an example. That's when men were men. When children could look up to their fathers and their grandfathers. Not for their perfection, we're all far from perfect. But for an example of what resilience and grit means. Are there any other life skills more valuable than resilience and grit? Not succeeding at everything? Gosh, I failed at a lot. I wanted to be a doctor. Didn't work out. I went to medical school. I ran for office. I lost. I became a podcaster and an author. Because I kept coming back. My grandfather was like that. Shot in the head, was probably back at work, I think, the next week. We weren't getting his money. And tough and rugged doesn't mean going out there and beating the snot out of people in the middle of the street. Matter of fact, having spent the last 20 years of my life before they put this port in my chest, because I can't grapple anymore and my arms don't even work. The toughest guys I've met, the real fighters, the Matt Serras, the Joe Scarolas of the world, Pete Sells, guys I had the privilege of being on the mats with, usually them whooping my ass. Toughest guys I've ever met are typically the quietest when it comes to that kind of stuff. Not quietest in their lives, but quietest when it comes to talking about how tough they are. These were real men. My grandfather, Gibby, didn't need to do a lot of talking. They all had their scars. They taught their kids and their grandkids discipline. My grandfather, Frank, again, God rest his soul. That's my mother's father, Gibby. My father's father is Frank. Fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He named my father, John, after his battle buddy who was killed. You know, he never talked about that. Ever. He was a tough son of a, you know. Tough as they come, my grandfather. When I was graduating the Secret Service Academy, I think I've told this story before for you older listeners. Some of you are new. We didn't have a lot of money, so my grandparents wanted to come down for the graduation ceremony. So we stayed in the Doubletree Hotel in Alexandria. We all stayed in one room. We, just, we didn't have any money. It's not a sob story. It's just the way it was. Couldn't afford a bunch of rooms. So my grandfather got up in the middle of the night and screamed at about 2 o'clock in the morning. I had the graduation the next day. And I was, I think I was sleeping on the couch. It was like a pullout. It was a suite. And nobody did anything. And then the next day, I asked my father or my, or my grandmother, one of them, what that was about. And they're like, oh, you're, you know, your grandfather has horrible memories of World War II. Um, so it happens once in a while. And it's just been happening for a long time. And it's just the way it is. Those were badasses. Those were real men. We need more real men back. You want to talk about police reform? Fine. We're a constitutional republic. The police have a monopoly on the use of force. We should look at every single use of force incident because that was, that's what a, a free society does. But if you're not going to talk about the crisis in manhood, the fatherhood crisis, the lack of fathers in the home, the cultural breakdown, the cultural rot, the societal rot we're undergoing right now as fatherless children grow up in areas with no schools, no economy, no future, no hospitals, and no nothing, then I'm dismissing you out of hand because you're not a serious person. When you're ready to come back and do a little bit of homework, I'll happily have a conversation with you. All right, uh, I'm going to take a break. And on the other side of this, I want to get to an article. It's important. I'll get to Juan and some other stuff. It's going to be a pretty loaded show today. But I want to get to an article from fathers.com. 
about why not having a father in the home actually matters. Today's show brought to you by our friends at All Form. Hey, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know I talk about my Helix mattress because I love it and I need to sleep because I have long days like you. Helix has gone beyond the bedroom and has started making sofas. They launched a new company called All Form and they're making premium customizable sofas and chairs shipped right to your door. So what makes an All Form sofa really cool? Well, for starters, it's the easiest way to customize a sofa using premium materials that at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. Pick your fabric. It can be spill, stain, and scratch resistant. Pick the sofa color, the color of the legs, sofa size, and the shape to make sure it's perfect for you and your home. We have one in my daughter's room. We have it contoured perfectly to her room. They've got armchairs, love seats, all the way up to an eight-seat sectional, so there's something for everyone. You can always start small and buy more seats later on if you want your all-form sofa to grow and change when you move. All form sofas are delivered directly to your home with fast, free shipping. All form has simple, quick assembly, no tools needed. Paula put it together in 30 minutes. I have an all form sofa. We picked one out for my daughter. Isabel, it's absolutely beautiful. All form offers 100 days to decide if you want to keep your sofa. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up for free and give you a full refund. They have a forever warranty. That means literally forever. So to find your perfect sofa today, check out allform.com slash Dan. All Form is offering 20% off all orders for our listeners at all, A-L-L, form, F-O-R-M.com slash Dan, allform.com slash Dan, go today. All right, back to the show, just quickly, because I want to get to my other stuff here. But this article will be up in my newsletter. Please subscribe to me, it's free. Just go to bongino.com slash newsletter, because I put up articles you're not going to find in the daily news like this one from fathers.com. The consequences of fatherlessness. Again, if you don't want to have this conversation and you want to bash the police all day, but you don't want to have a conversation about the lack of fatherhood and the attack on manhood, then beat it. This isn't the show for you. This is a serious show where we want to talk about serious things. Here, here's the number one consequence of the attack on fathers and manhood in this country. Number one, poverty. Children in father-absent homes are almost four times more likely to be poor. Gee, that sounds kind of like a crisis to me. In 2011, 12% of children in married couple families were living in poverty, compared to 44% of children in mother-only families. My gosh, where did they get that from? Clearly, some conservative made that up. Uh, Source, U.S. Census Bureau. Sounds kind of like a crisis, no? The police are racist. Uh, You have any evidence of that? No, because I have a lot of evidence that fatherless homes are causing this poverty, crime, drug and alcohol abuse crisis, as we see right here. Number two, drug and alcohol abuse. Department of Health and Human Services states fatherless children are at a dramatically greater risk of drug and alcohol abuse. There's significantly more drug use among children who do not live with their mother and father. Yeah, that's the Department of Health and Human Services, that prior statistic. You know, the liberals lionize and love government. You think this is a government statistic that would have liberals in a panic and maybe stop attacking the nuclear family, men, boys, dads, manhood, and all of that. No, it won't stop them at all because they're police, they're racist. I'm telling you, I brought it up at the hearing and one of the panelists lost his mind. I will not allow. I don't give a damn what you allow. I'm not asking you for an allowance, you dunce. This is a panelist at Capitol Hill. I'll not allow this hearing to be distracted by, by what? By things like fatherless homes causing a massive increase in poverty, crime, and drug abuse that are leading to police interactions that sometimes result in death. How about you take that and ram it up your caboose because I'll talk about whatever I want. I didn't ask you. I'm only talking to serious people. That's why I'm not playing his clip. Because he's not a serious person. Another consequence of the lack of fathers in the home. Liberals totally ignore They don't want to hear any of this. So two now, now, Libs. Again, it's only for serious people. Physical and emotional health. Study of over 1,900 children, ages three and older, living with a residential father or father figure found that children living with married biological parents had significantly fewer externalizing and internalizing behavioral problems than children living with at least one non-biological parent. Sounds like kind of a big deal, no? Here's the last one. Again, for these people who want to attack the police and not talk about the lack of fathers and homes. Police are racist. It's all you got. You don't have anything else. You mean the police working in liberal cities run by liberal dunces? 
crime. Adolescents living in intact families are less likely to engage in delinquency than their peers living in non-intact families. Compared to peers in intact families, adolescents in single-parent families and step-families were more likely to engage in delinquency. This relationship appeared to be operating through differences in family processes, parental involvement, supervision, monitoring, and parent-child closeness between intact and non-intact families. You want to talk about police community interaction, but you don't want to talk about why people in the community are interacting with the police. Maybe a cultural rot and a societal breakdown. Or when you talk about it, you want to say, if it's an attack on single moms, really dipwad? Because I grew up with a single mom. Kind of weird. Kind of weird how you'd say that. Notice I didn't mention anything about the single, many single moms, by the way, who are in a single mom parented situation by absolutely no choice of their own. Some who were forced into it by really awful people in their house. But you notice that never came up, but that's where liberals always want to think, yeah, racist, attacking single moms. <laughs> that's funny. I was a single mom. You don't want to have that conversation, do you? Cultural rot, the breakdown of our families, the attack on men. You don't want men to be men. You want men to be an appendix to your book. Well, it's time we as men man up and start doing man stuff again. Take care of our kids. Get to work. Show your kids what it's like to save money. Show them what it's like to work. Show them what it's like to study. Not lecturing anyone. Gosh, I've had my own failures as a father and as a son. Candidly, as a friend and a boss of my own company too. But I'm trying. And I'm not ignoring the harsh, harsh realities of my own failures to advance a liberal now. Police are racist. Like these other morons on the other side. All right. Let me get to my third sponsor here. And then I want to get to... Uh, Today in ridiculous media commentary on policing, because just when you think you've reached the peak, the peak of the volcano of stupid on commentary on policing, something else comes up. I'll get to that next. Today's show brought to you by GenuCell. Mother's Day is right around the corner, everyone. My friends at Chamonix are making it a special day for the amazing women in our lives. During the Mother's Day sale, get that special lady the greatest skincare products in the world at a once-in-a-lifetime special promotion. Order the classic GenuCell for bags and puffiness and get the jawline treatment and Zotique deep correcting serum absolutely free. And as a surprise Mother's Day gift, GenuCell will also include their legendary GenuCell XV anti-wrinkle treatment, a favorite in this house, and moisturizer also free. That's three free gifts when you order today. Make this Mother's Day one to remember with the greatest skincare money can buy. Shamini promises you'll see results within 12 hours, guaranteed, or your money back. Go to GenuCell.com and enter my special promo code Dan40, that's Dan40, and get an extra $40 off this crazy sale. And as a special gift, every order is upgraded to free priority shipping. Three free gifts with your GenuCell order today. Don't wait. Call or click now. Happy Mother's Day from Chamonix. Go to GenuCell.com, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. That's GenuCell.com. Use code Dan40 at checkout. Thanks, GenuCell. Okay. So Guy was kind enough to put together this little graphic. Here is... Today, in ridiculous media commentary on policing. It never stops. It never stops. It never stops. I, I, so we were chatting before the show, this little crew here. And you know what the Dunning-Kruger effect is? We've brought it up a few times on my show and my social media. You know what Dunning-Kruger is? My social media account. Sorry, I got to start finishing my sentences. The Dunning-Kruger effect is this odd conundrum we find ourselves in where people with the least competence who know the least about any field render opinions the most confidently about that field. People like Caraldo, who has never been a police officer ever, but speaks so confidently about police officer things. Why haven't I debated him again again a Fox? I don't know. I don't know. Not sure. What's going on there? But just when you thought the commentary on police use of force instance couldn't get any dumber, we saw this gem from Juan Williams yesterday on The Five talking about 
shooting the gun, but not at somebody. Oh, there's more. I have one, two, three, four, five takeaways. See if you can pick out in this 30 seconds, the five ridiculous commentariat points I picked out in this absurdity. Check this out. What does Juan Williams officer Juan Williams do to save the lady's life in pink? Well, I guess I would shoot the gun, not necessarily at somebody, but maybe shoot the gun and maybe, you know, run at the person and try to disarm them. I I don't know. I mean, so wait, 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 you would shoot the gun in the air like a warning shot? Not well, hopefully to distract or to try to stall or something so I could oh. get or my partner uh, could get the, the knife away. I see is what I was. Okay. Well, I don't know. I mean, I taking someone's life work, is pretty okay. strong. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Wait, I need some. Pro- hold on. I, hold on a second. Laundry will be on the field in a minute. I'm prepping. I shouldn't tell you that in advance, but there. So if you, you may have picked out my five takeaways from that video. So here's takeaway number one from um, Juan Williams uh, regarding the incident in Ohio. Woman comes out, caught on police body cam, has what appears to be obviously a knife in her hand and is in mid-stabbing motion trying to stab another young black female. Two black females fighting. Officer responds as white. Again, a fact irrelevant to me, but very relevant to liberals. Police are racist. So they got to make that. So the officer saves the woman's life who's about to be stabbed from all appearances on the camera. Saves the woman's life. You think the officer would be a hero. But one first says, so here's my takeaway number one. First, he should shoot the gun, but not at somebody. So... I'm trying to, let's let's try to walk through this. So the woman appears again to be in mid-stab. She's about, I don't know, a half a second away from potentially ending the life of the other young black female as she has her pinned up against the car from everything we've seen in a body camera, right? And in mid-stabbing motion, the police officer is supposed to discharge his firearm, but just not at her? What do you, what do you mean? Like whiz behind her ear? I don't understand. Shoot it. Shoot it, but in the sky? Well, what's going to happen when you shoot it in the sky? Um, I'm not sure if Juan's taking a physics class, but it will come back down at terminal velocity. Uh, again, I don't think he's taking a physics class. Not really sure. What does he think? You shoot it in the sky and there's a sky vacuum? Like the sky vacuum just like sucks out the bullets people shoot in the air? <sighs> Sky vacuum sucks it into the phantom zone with Zod from Superman 2 get stuck in the glass thing. What do you think happens when you shoot it in the air? Did you think this through before you said this in front of 3 million people on the air? So, okay, we don't want to shoot it in the air. He clearly says you don't want to shoot it at someone. So you want to let the stabbing continue because you think what if you shoot it, what past her ear? that that's going to mid-stab stop her as she hears the sonic boom of the round? Where did you get this from? The Matrix? What are you, you, again, are you waiting for Morpheus to come save you? Neo? Follow the white rabbit. Where did you get this? So don't shoot us. So we've eliminated the sky because the bullet comes back down. Physics up, down. We've eliminated shooting past the ear. Well, maybe we'd shoot it at a safe location. What is the safe location exactly? Maybe we should shoot it at the car. Shoot it at the car. You know, bullets frag. They fragment. Maybe we shoot at the ground. As I said, bullets fragment. And then you get bullet shards. But of course, Juan hasn't thought about any of that because it's just convenient to stick with liberals racist, and not to actually think anything through. What must it like to be a liberal, to go on TV and legit not know anything ever? I'm just at point number one. Point number two, he said, maybe he should have run at them. <laughs> what is it, a cougar in the desert? A cougar, like, run and sc- ah! scream with your hands up like a lunatic and it'll, they'll run away? What are you crazy? What is this? A wildlife course? Run it? You want to run at someone with a knife? 
And that makes sense. And you said that on television. Person has a deadly weapon, an edged weapon that can kill you in seconds. And your police tactic is don't shoot that person. Run at them. Maybe while you're at it, just plunge the knife into yourself. Like the samurai when they used to lose in battle. You said this on TV. Number three, maybe we should distract or stall her. Oh, why didn't the cop think of that? There you go. Just throw a penalty flag. Stabbing timeout. 15 yards. Stabbing on the offense. And then, of course, they're going to stop. Just distract them with the penalty. Even better. We're, we got the re- reviewing the play on the field. We're going under the hood for review here. This makes sense to you? Just distract them. Maybe we should teach that in the police academy. As someone's about to engage you with a bladed weapon and stab you to death, just say, hold on. Time out. Look. Bunny rabbit. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. My IFB's coming out because I'm moving around so much during the show. Just distract them, folks. Don't worry. Do a magic trick, maybe. Remember this one? How does that one go? You go like this. Look, I'm disconnecting my thumb. Oh, I was going to stab you, but what a cool trick. (laughs) You imagine being a liberal. (laughs) Yeah, I got my, this is my uh, wrist thingy thing. Watch him. Hold on. You're mid-stab. Stop. Trick. Magic trick. You see this thing? Watch. You're going to make it disappear. Look, it's gone. Oh, drop the knife. What a great job. Well done. Why didn't I think of that? Magic tricks in a police academy. Magic. That will bring magicians in. We'll do magic tricks. Bring little hats and stuff. We can distract them. Or even better, he says, distract or stall. Just tell them. Time out. Stop it. Stop the stabbing. Time out. Time out. We're stalling. Give me a second. I got to get a social worker in here. And then mid-stab, everything stops like it's a baseball card. (laughs) Can you imagine waking up as a liberal every day, living in this world? Shoot a warning shot in the air. The bullet has to come down. It could kill someone. Oh, crap. I didn't really think of that. I almost slipped there. Just run at them like you'd run at a bear in the woods. Ah! Just distract them with penalty flags and do magic. Just call a timeout and stall. Then he has another. That was three. Here's number four. Maybe his partner should have just won and got the knife. Oh, gosh. Why didn't a partner think of that? Ma'am, ma'am, please. Time out on the stabbing. This is my distraction. I'm going to do a magic trick. And then when she's amazed by the magic trick, oh my gosh, I thought your thumb came apart. The partner goes and says, I will take the knife. Why didn't we think of that? Damn it. Cops. So silly. Do a magic trick. And then have the partner just go take the knife while you're distracting the bear. Ah, get big and start screaming and yelling. Maybe tell him a joke. So simple. He's right. He said it's so simple. Why not? Why not just do that? Tell him a joke. Why did the chicken cross the road to get to the other side? Ha ha ha. And then just go grab the knife. You idiots in the police academy. Why aren't you teaching this? He ends the segment, by the way, with a total lack of self-awareness and says, well, taking a life is a strong thing. Yeah, Juan, that's why the cop was there, because the person who was about to stab the other one was about to take a life, which is a strong thing. And may I just throw out to my brothers and sisters in blue out there, if someone, God forbid, is about to stab me, Please use deadly force against that person. You have my permission all the time. Please. Now, again, let's get back to the real world. 
because liberals never do their homework. They go on the air and say absurd things. Do magic. Run at them. Shout at them. Scream at them. Throw a penalty flag. Call a timeout. Tell them a joke. Or shoot the gun out of their hand. Ask for Neo's help. Maybe Superman and the Justice League will come around. Is it Zack Snyder? Josh Whedon? Who knows? One of them might show up. That's the liberal solutions. Here, back in the real world, we actually do our homework. One could have done what I did and did a simple internet search. Why don't police officers fire warning shots? Just like yesterday, we did a simple internet search of why don't police officers shoot people in the legs? They could have educated themselves, but no, they went on the air and decided to, you know, go with a police are right because they don't want to educate themselves because liberals just don't know anything. And if you did put in a search engine, why don't police fire warning shots? You'd see probably 100 articles. Here's the first one that came up, and it was quite good. It's from policeone.com by a Doug Wiley. It will be in my newsletter today. Again, Bongino.com slash newsletter to check it out. Why warning shots are a terrible idea. You could have actually read this before you went on the air and mentioned things like, why don't we just shoot the gun in the air? Why don't we just shoot it in a safe direction? We don't shoot guns in safe directions. The reason we shoot guns as police officers is because we're shooting at something that's not safe. I know that didn't occur to them. All right, you know what? Let me get to my last sponsor before I go through this. This is going to take a second. But this article, I'm just going to cover two pieces of it. One, why warning shots are really stupid because there are some liberals listening to this who may learn something and why there are no safe areas to shoot a warning shot. Things driving me nuts today. Sorry, this IFB. I keep moving around too much. That's why it's pulling my ear off. The visuals on today's show are absolutely tremendous for all the wrong reasons, but you probably need to check them out. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Omax, our friends at Omax. Living with chronic pain is the worst. I live with it every day. I have really ridiculous, bad, horrible arthritis. It drives me crazy. Stops you from relaxing, sleeping, sometimes exercising. It's terrible. If you're looking like me to get rid of nagging, it just says muscle and joint pain, but I'm going to say joint and muscle pain because my joints hurt worse than my muscles. Some of you have it the other way around. But if you want to get rid of both of them immediately and you want some long-lasting recovery, you need to try what I use. It's a natural breakthrough pain relief solution. Here it is right here. Get ready. Cryo-free CBD roll-on developed by Omax. Look at it. Looks like a roll-on right there. You just literally roll it right on. Stuff it. Feel that? Like ice on my shoulder right there. It's specifically formulated triple action pain relief. It blocks pain, pain receptors, reduces inflammation, and improves joint and muscle flexibility. The best part, it's 100% natural CBD-powered remedy. It works its magic within 10 minutes of application, and relief lasts up to eight hours, much longer than over-the-counter products. Omax Health is offering my listeners 20% off a full bottle of cryo-free CBD pain relief roll-on. This discount also applies towards any product site-wide. Just go to Omax, OA. Oh, excuse me, omaxhealth.com today. Omaxhealth.com today and enter code Bongino. That's omaxhealth.com uh, uh, and enter code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O to get 20% off cryo-freeze in sightway. Uh, Pro athletes such as PGA golfer Kyle Stanley use cryo-freeze CBD on and off the course. They have 95% five-star reviews. Customers love it. I love it. Paula loves it. Uses it on her neck. Guy's a new fan. He's a CrossFit. I don't know if you knew that. And they're now buying it for their families and friends too because the stuff is amazing. I'm feeling on my shoulder right now and I just did that for the show. I'm telling you, this product's a real deal. So go to omaxhealth.com and enter code Bongino to get 20% off at Sightwide. I'm not kidding. I just put it on and there's a fan blowing on me. It's like ice on my shoulder. <laughs> Didn't even intend it to be that way. All right, back to the show here. So again, if you're a liberal, you could have just simply put in a search engine instead of saying things like, why don't we just fire a warning shot? I think, what is it, Joy Behar or someone else suggested something like that along with Juan? Well, here's from the policeone.com article, why we don't do warning shots. Number one, warning shots probably won't even work. See, I can see the, imagine they say this, they're talking about this police chiefs association stipulating that a warning shot uh, will reduce the likelihood of deadly force being used. Well, I could see an officer on a witness stand now saying, yes, your honor, I sincerely believe that uncorking around into that nearby brick wall would stop that armed felon in his tracks and that he would peaceably surrender to me in my training and experience that what's tends to, that's what tends to happen. Huh? 
The most likely thing is a fleeing subject will do the following after a warning shot. Run faster. That or they'll shoot back first. In either case, bad things are likely to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, if there is someone in the middle of a serious physical injury or deadly force scenario with you, you think they're going to stop because you try to fire around and whiz it past their heads? Like the bullet curvers and that, what was that Angelina Jolie movie where she learns how to be like an assassin with the guy from the X-Men with the bald head? Remember that movie? We're going to curve their That's not the real world. They're, the author of this piece is absolutely right. You fire a warning shot, they're going to run faster, not slower. Or they're going to turn around and shoot you. Well, why don't we just fire it into the ground? They're up in the air. Well, from police1.com. Point number two. Any bullet leaving a muzzle poses a threat. On the matter of a warning shot not posing a substantial risk of injury or death in a dynamic, rapidly unfolding, high-stress, deadly threat situation, there's no time to survey the area and wonder, what's in my immediate area that I can shoot, which will not cause any injury? You think people do this in a life or death scenario? Recall, a second basic rule of firearms handling is never, ever, ever point a gun at anything you are unwilling to lose forever. So that eliminates a whole host of environmental targets. Actually, that takes away all of them. There is no safe direction. You don't point a gun at something and shoot at it that's safe. So that gives us two options, right? The ground and the sky. Well, as I said before, a shot fired directly into the ground has a high probability of sending bullet fragments in all sorts of directions, including at the cop's ankles. Juan's like, gosh, I didn't think of that. Of course you didn't. You have no experience. Dunning-Kruger. And a bullet fired into the air will eventually return to Earth, either at terminal velocity or with uh, a, a, a rifling, a refilling, refiling spin intact and at a much higher rate of speed. That sounds like a bad thing, folks. But again, because you're a liberal, you get to go on the air and say things that are generally really dopey and silly. All right, I want to play this video. This guy is my, um, I haven't had many heroes of the day, but this is my hero. That I've been holding this clip of this guy. I don't know this guy. I never met him. Calvin Robinson. He's a columnist for the Daily Mail for about a week and a half now. So he's on a panel on this talk radio show, whatever it may be. And he's accused by a liberal, I don't know, uh, uh, activist. You know, it appears like he's trying to hustle the race stuff again. And Calvin Robinson happens to be black. He has one black parent, I guess one one white parent. And the um, liberal starts to attack him, of course, because, you know, he's a liberal. And again, Calvin Robinson, who happens to be black, is having absolutely none of this. And I play this clip because, folks, liberals, I've told you over and over again, I said to you at the beginning of today's show, you want to talk about systemic racism? The system run by liberals. They are the real racists. They have always been the real racists, period, full stop. They've destroyed black lives. And if black lives matters to liberals, they would get rid of the horrible liberal governance in liberal cities where their economies, healthcare systems, and schools have been destroyed for decades. Fathers wiped out, families wiped out. There are two Americas. Remember John Edwards, the Prell guy, ran for president, Democrat loser. Remember him? He used to give the two Americas speech. Oh, he's right. There are two Americas, all right. Liberals help create it. Here's Calvin Robinson turning it right back on this race baiter on the other side. And watch how when you call them racist, watch how they flip out. Check this out. First Come. and foremost, my race you. It has nothing to do with my politics, nothing to do with my opinions. And I don't appreciate you saying I need to stick by my own. My own is my family. My own is my, Christ my Christian brothers and sisters. My own is my British community. Do not dare to tell me that my own is decided by the color of my skin. Who the hell do you think you are? I'm an expert because I'm black. So I In can what? talk In the about color it. My skin. You I'm a historical no, past. I, no. and, you're, and, you're, and you're not? If you, if you want to deny that part of I you, put it that's to you, down to you are a racist. Oh, oh yes. I, I can't, Opinion I'm, I need to have based on the color of my skin. That is outrageous. That is ridiculous. I, I, I don't know who you think you're talking you to. How can you call me a racist when I defend black people I just, for, for, for many years? on Because you're telling... 
it makes race person what to think based on the color of their skin. And that's not okay. I'm telling you, that is racist. Well, you better better deal with your historical trauma because it's quite clear you need some counseling. (laughs) He don't know what to do. He don't know what to do. Liberal race baiter guy is attacking a black man. He calls him what he is, a racist. And what happens? All hell breaks loose. Because they don't like that. Judging people by the color of their skin is the very definition of racism. And demanding they have a certain opinion because of the color of their skin and talking to them like they're idiots because of the melanin content of their skin is racist by definition. But when you call them racist, look what happens. They can't take it. They melt down. They don't know what to do. I've been holding that for a while. Turn it around on them. You want to teach people about the melanin component of their skin mattering or the lack of melanin in their skin mattering? Character means nothing. You are a racist and you will be called out on this show. And every conservative should do the exact same. I don't know Calvin Robinson. I don't know his politics. I don't care. Interesting cut though, no? Been holding that one for a while. I have an update. So yesterday, NBC, I played a cut of NBC News, which is a total forest fire right now. NBC News cannot get out of the race baiting business. You know, if it bleeds, it leads and they want to cause racial strife in the country. So NBC played um, a video and audio of the police shooting incident we've been discussing in Ohio. Woman um, with the knife looks like she's stabbing the other woman. And what was really interesting is NBC, whether it was deliberate or not, I don't know, but it's certainly suspicious. NBC News played a cut of the audio call to 911. And NBC News conveniently left out the part where the woman calling 911 says, they're trying to stab us. Left that part out. Also yesterday, I showed you the clip of NBC. You can watch yesterday's show to see it, where NBC News just talks about basically the knife being on the ground and doesn't give the entire backstory about how the knife got there as if it just magically appeared, as if it was like string theory and another universe crossed our universe and a knife was left behind. Missed the whole stabbing thing. Well, here's a video clip of NBC in a very nice, well-done apology. Ha, <laughs> just kidding. No apology at all. Here's actually a clip they ran again last night. Finally, due to public pressure, because they felt like buffoons for race baiting, which is what they always do. Here's the new clip played last night from NBC. And you'll notice the 911 call has a mention of the stabbing. And if you're watching, you'll notice now all of a sudden they highlight the key feature of the video, which looks like the attempted stabbing. Check this out. It happened in a matter of seconds. Hey, 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 get down, get down. Columbus police officer Nicholas Reardon arriving on the scene and opening fire, shooting and killing 16-year-old Micaiah Bryant, who investigators say was armed with a knife. She had a knife. She just went at her. Reardon responding after a 911 call for help. We got these grown girls over here trying to fight us, trying to stab us, trying to put our hands on our grandma. Get here now. Oh, 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 now they play the whole 911 call. Just fascinating how all of a sudden when the public now, see, let me, let me rewind a minute. I know, you know, this has been a rough time for us in politics. I get it. Believe me, I get it. We're being bombarded with liberal garbage, you know, their race hustling, their identity politics, the disastrous Joe Biden presidency. I, I was going to run a stunner of any time, but he's going to hike the capital gains tax, going to destroy the economy. I get it. But I want you to know, like, Folks, don't bail. The massive outcry on social media from sane people who are like, wait, 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 wait. This isn't real journalism. It makes a difference. It forced these buffoons at NBC to actually do what they should have done at the start and played the actual 911 clip and showed the video of what looks like an attempted stabbing. Now 7 million people or however many people watch that show a night are hearing the real story for the first time because of you. I know the media malfeasance segments are never big hits, but I, you know, these people, ladies and gentlemen, are obvious Pravda propaganda experts. They're not serious people. I'll have to end with this because I'm running out of time. I saw this hilarity, again, be in my newsletter this morning. Politico, which comically portrays itself as a down-the-middle political blog or whatever, Politico. They People in D.C. call it bull hitico, if you get what I mean. 
Politico forbids using the word crisis when describing a border surge, despite Biden's own use. Joseph Simonson, Washington Examiner. So again, you know, the Internet's a funny thing, folks. So Politico does not want to use the word crisis for a massive influx of illegal immigrants into the United States during a pandemic that we can't even find facilities to store them in. If that's not a crisis, nothing else is. So I thought, all right, it's Politico. And of course, they're journalists. So the word crisis may have some, you know, nasty overtones to it. So they definitely didn't use the word crisis when it came to Trump. Literally, folks, not figuratively, I went to my phone and I sent to Gee. For the first four that came up, I put Politico, Trump, crisis, and here we go. Political playbook, a nation in crisis. What will Trump say? Anna Palmer and Jake Sherman. Huh. You have a problem using crisis there. Here's the deuce, number two. We're here, they're not. Trump claims a MAGA victory in an ongoing crisis. I, th- I, th- I thought we weren't, I thought we weren't using crisis. Oh, it's more. But these are just the first four. I don't want to waste your time. Trump's mismanagement helped fuel the coronavirus crisis. That's that's is that three. Or four? These look so here we go. I always get because they're so similar. He has to get back to his life. Trump looks past the crises to resume his routine. Again, folks, showing you what I said in the first place. That these people are skilled expert, Pravda like propaganda experts. You know what? I do have time. Good. We're going to get this because I don't like leaving stories on the shelf. Just fast story for you. Again, if you want to read these stories um, in the newsletter, Bongino.com slash newsletter. Quickly, New York Post. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden's about to crush the stock market. Headline, Biden eyes capital gains hike to 43.4%. If you live in New York, it could be 52.2%. California, 56%. You invested in the stock market? You're not going to be invested in much more because you're not going to have much money left. So right as this story leaked yesterday about Joe Biden taxing the living hell out of your stock market investments and other capital investments, look what happened. I'm sure it's just a coincidence, folks. Wall Street Journal. Stocks fall on worries about the capital gains taxes hike. All 11 sectors of the S&P declined. Stocks fell. Biden wants to hike taxes. I wonder why. Well, maybe because a stock value today is the discounted value of future profits. And if your profits are going to go down because you're paying the government a whole boatload of money, then the stock is worth less now. I know liberals are listening. They're like, I don't give a damn about stock market falling because we're going to tax millionaires and capital gains. Screw the millionaires. So I just pulled up, you know, again, facts because we do facts. Matter of fact, I went to usafacts.com and I put in what percentage of Americans own stock? Because again, there are liberals listening who don't know anything, don't want to know anything. And if the stock market crashes, in 2019, 53% of Americans were invested in the stock market. While publicly traded stock compromises uh, 24% of uh, the wealth of white non-Hispanic families, it also makes up 13% of black wealth and 10% of Hispanic wealth. Don't worry, folks. Tax them millionaires. Go get them, Joe. It'll do a wonder a wonder job in area. The Biden boom will continue as you wipe out the stock market and about 10% of Hispanic and 13% of black wealth. No problem. You go right ahead, folks. But we got those nasty millionaires. Nice job. Morons. Again, liberals. They don't have to, you don't have to think about anything ever. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Manhood. What is it? April 23rd. Today. This is going to be, can we write this down? Key, take a note. April 23rd. It's going to be National Manhood's Back Day. Scars, tattoos, learn how to defend yourself, work, educate yourself, take your kids to church. Manhood Day, April 23rd, National Manhood Day. I should have put a label on all these. Football. Cut myself with a razor in a supermarket like an idiot. Fatty tumors. <laughs> a label on every one of them. Neck tumor. Chemo porn. <laughs> we label them A, A, A through A through Z. Hey folks, listen, I need one final favor before we go. Please, May 24th, my terrestrial radio show is about to begin. We are almost there. About a month away. 
May 24th, May 24th. We will be live 12 noon to 3 p.m. Eastern time. Please call your station, your local station, email them, tweet to them, whatever you need to do. Ask them if they're going to carry the Dan Bongino show. It's the only way. And we'll be announcing the station finder soon. we got a ton of stations jumping on board. Really appreciate it. See you all on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard Dan Bongino.